Alibab Howdy, and welcome to Ernest Goes to Podcast, Ernest Extra number 20, even more love. <laughs> I'm Aaron. this is David. Hey everyone, we're back. We're back. A dinosaur story. Sorry, we've been, what's the word, AWOL? Yeah, I mean, that's, and it's an acronym, but I guess acronyms are words. Our absence will be lost upon the future peoples in the 3000s. Oh, neck. sure. Yeah, sure. you know, but for our real-time listeners. Yes, if you're watching this in the moment. Watching this? Listening to this. We've been busy. Mm -hmm. That's it, man. Yeah. <laughs> but we've not forgotten Ernest and our love for Ernest. We're getting back on track. You know, while we were gone, I, I could feel like the Ernest spirit pulling me back. I mean, I never stopped thinking about Ernest. Oh, sure, sure. You know, but like, like I the still other... had the photo on my wall. The other day, every day, for example, like I was uh, visiting my parents and they were like, hey, there was like a thing. Did you know Jim Varney did stand up because he was like on Decades oh, the other day? And I was like, decades. Did, did he talk about cooking with wine? And my dad was like, yeah, I think he did. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Cooking with wine. <laughs> That's a um, great bit. If we've have we ever talked about it? We have talked about I think cooking with wine. You've referenced it, yes. Let's link it. How? Let's put it on the Facebook page. Oh, okay, yeah. But I'll say it's in episode I think fourteen of the comedy shop. It's available on Hulu, and you can watch Jim Barney do his cooking with <laughs> cooking with wine <laughs> bit, and it's very special. Bring one gallon of water to a rolling boil, simmer for fifteen minutes and brown in a 350-degree oven. <laughs> this serves 15. Some good comedy. Um, I was also... There were just, like, instances where I was watching a television program or a film, and I was like, oh, this is the universe telling me that I need to return to the podcast. I, I, I posted this to our Facebook page, actually. It was a clip from Boy Meets World Season 1. Yes. Where they're doing... <laughs> they're, they're putting on a play of Hamlet, Hamlet at the school. Right? Yeah. Shakespeare alert. Hashtag Shakespeare alert. Shakespeare alert. <laughs> and um, it's basically a, a reference to Jim Varney with the joke punchline of Ernest goes to Denmark. Show me what that do. <laughs> what weak. What fat. What tears I sell. <laughs> oh, great. Ernest goes to Denmark. <laughs> Which would have been wonderful. Um, I was watching Mystery Science Theater, and there's a joke In where- the new one? Uh, no, the old one. Okay. I forget what episode it was, but Tom Servo makes a joke about Trafalgamar. Right. I remember that. First up on Hearts of Space, John Tesh with Whispering Firestorm. Then it's Yanni with Snoremaster of Trafalgamar. But he, he, I saw that too. But he like pronounces it the way that Auntie Nelda pronounces yes. it. He doesn't say Tralfamador. He no, says, says Trafalgamar. There's no intelligent life on other planets. The last time you'll find me on Trafalgar. I yeah. saw that too. And I was like, what okay, are you that's an alien What are you thing. even talking about? What are about? they referencing? I need to go back. I put the captions on. It's exactly what he said. So it's a it's a real alien thing. Or it's a I mean, it's a fictional It's a crazy coincidence. No. Two people it can't be. mispronounced Trafalgar. Well, you know, sometimes you read a book and the way you pronounce something that's written in your head is not the way it's actually pronounced. I if you I refuse to believe that's coincidence. Somebody had to have had some be. kind of kooky, there must have been some kooky thing on TV with that's an alien that was named Trafalgar and they both saw it. Well, it's like that time that I found there was a film called Bill and Coo on Hulu. It was from like the 1960s or something. It was about two birds or something like that. <laughs> and that's like the deepest deep reference ever. So maybe something like that happened. I love you, Q. Love you, Bill. Bye. Let's bring it back to love. Hey, there you go. So in our last episode, which was one of my favorites, mm -hmm. we discussed Ernest and love, and we crowned Miss Nurse St. Cloud. <laughs> Miss Nurse St. Cloud? 
queen of the earnest love interests and not quite love interests. Yeah, no, we came to a a unanimous, a wonderful consensus. Yes, (laughs) decision. Yep, between us and our guest Dan. So I thought we could expound upon that a little further. Now that we've chosen her, we went back and watched all of her scenes. We did. Did you have any thoughts? Because I had a couple. I mean, did we talk about? We didn't talk about in the episode the fact that she wears a vest. Also, no, we didn't mention that. Which at all. is is key. they both wear vests. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's um, important. It is. It's like it's, in a relationship. It's um, clothing. Uh, it's 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 like a visual signifier of commonality. There you go. You said that okay. with words more than my words. <laughs> I've been wearing a lot of vests lately. By the way, is that I've true? Turned into the vest. For, I decided. I was like, hey, no one wears vests. I'm going to be the vest girl, and I wore. I bought like three. On eBay at the same time. I will and say. And now everybody comments on my vests. I own two vests, but it's more of a uh, Ryan Steele from VR Troopers no, thing. Mine are yeah. I try to go more corsety. Sure. You you can pull off the corset more yeah. than I can. <laughs> but if anybody sees me in a vest, it is, yes, it is Ernest inspired. <laughs> what should they do? Oh, oh, I thought it was like instructions. <laughs> no. If anyone sees me in a vest, just call this number. So they both I need vests. to be returned. Shut up. So they both wear vests. <laughs> Yes, and um, you were kind of like reacting to a lot of the looks that she gives him. Like I like, see the subtext, you know. I see like sure. the chemistry, the the electric chemistry between them. That's you what you I see. make inferences based on uh, body language. I'm just going with my women's intuition. Sure, sure. W- did any of those stick out to you in particular? I forgot. <laughs> she touches him a lot. I just yeah. keep saying unnecessary touching. You know, an excuse well, it, it to touch. It makes a bond. Yeah, that's how you know a girl likes you. She touches you for no reason. Mm-hmm. So you make me touch your hands are, for stupid reasons. <laughs> like even when she leads him to the chair to get his shot, she like she puts sure. his hand on his shoulders, like sit down. Which like yes, sure, he's scared. But. And you, did you miss? Did you miss the Jim Varney arms in the time that we've been away? Did was there? Like no, because a... they've been there. <laughs> <laughs> I have a photo of Ernest on my wall. Oh, that's right, 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 right. So I always see those little biceps mm-hmm. welcome me home every night. Yep. Um, and of course, I got my Ernest doll. Right. So he's good. Which is also sculpted in every sense of the word. Yes, he does. Stroke his arm. And she also grabs his wrist when she gets that restraining order. That's right. It's like she wants to hold his hand, but his hand is busy. Yeah. So she takes his wrist. Um, well, it's like they almost want to like do like a little like dance of like victory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they cut before the big movie kiss, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing I noticed that she does a bunch is uh, she has a lot of pointing. Yes. And it's usually her, it's her way to chastise people. Yes. Yeah. She does it to the boys when they are thinking more of themselves than they are of Ernest. And she does it to Ernest when she realizes- Oh, yeah. She gives him the point. Who could it have been that fast talked <laughs> the chief? Well- It's funny because her finger always goes up first. She points first and then she finds It's words. almost like she's like, she's like got to like hold like, the listeners she's can't see. She's trying not but, to yeah. hit people. Exactly. Yeah. She's like, if I point, I'm not punching. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's always the finger up first. I noticed yeah. that when Vargas, she comes in and she's like, why are you boys still here? You're supposed to leave. We're going to demolish this camp. Yeah. They talk about Ernest. One of the, somebody says, "Where's Ernest?" And he goes, "I guess he's packing up." And Vargas says, "He's dumber than a bucket of hair, ain't he?" He's dumber than a bucket full of hair, ain't he? And her finger went up like, Phew. yeah. Like, the look on her face is like, "Oh no, this little boy didn't." Yeah, she gets very mad. Well, it's almost. I like notice her gritting her teeth a she, lot. Like she gets the rage in her, and <laughs> yeah. then she's like, "All right, where is it focused? Oh, it's focused here. <laughs> Point." Uh... I love it. I love her, her like quiet, dignified rage. She's great. Yeah, she is pretty great. I will say now. I don't. I don't know how far oh. down the rabbit hole you want to go already. Let's go. But I feel like what our decision about Nurse Saint Cloud says to me is that now in my brain, 
Edna would be played by Victoria Racimo. Well, in my notes... Oh, what does it say, Erin? <laughs> it says, we never get her first name. Mmm. Say. <laughs> what if... What if, indeed. Her name is Edna St. Cloud. I love this idea. There is no evidence that idea. it isn't. I love this idea. This is wonderful. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's no way we can know that she is not Edna. That's true. That is the truest thing that ever trued. I don't know where I'm going. Uh, yeah, no, we need to get her on the phone and be like... In my head canon. Yeah. She's Edna St. Cloud. Yeah, no, I, I, I love this. It. I, I love was like, this. oh yeah, that's Edna. Yeah. We were thinking Edna isn't in, any, well, you know, in any of the movies, but what if she is? You know what made me think of it? It was when we talked about... Um, what was it? It was when we talked about Family Album. Yeah. And he's going through the attic, and I was like, what if, what if the camera just cut to Edna and she just like doesn't react or she just like shakes her head lovingly which is what nurse like, st cloud does exactly right exactly right yeah she does that in the scene where the fire ants attack him yeah this is when it stuck out to be the most where the well we, we rewatched <laughs> it and you were like she's just pulling the food out of the way she doesn't she has it when he says fire ants her eyes kind of widen mm-hmm. like oh and then when he starts flipping out yeah she just starts moving food out of the way so he doesn't knock it over like with no expression well, to me like, oh. that's another moment of this has happened yeah. a dozen times. It's like, oh, last time I lost the potato salad. This time I just got to grab but it right away. But it's such a wife reaction. It is, yes. <laughs> well, fun. even the way when we first started watching the movie, the scene where he's hanging out, um, he's tying something to a boat or something. I don't remember. He's, he's I think, poorly tying the lifeguard stand that Stennis falls off. That's of. right. <laughs> oh, that's like a really like subtle setup there. <laughs> no, I don't I don't know. That's what I remember happening, but it's possible he's doing something else. It's it's when he's on the dock and he's, he's got the like the, the Mickey Mouse floaties that I had when I was a kid yeah, because first. my family shopped at the same 99 cent store. And she walks up to him and she's got this look on her face that- I told you. Yeah. What did you tell me? I mentioned it in the first, when we talked about love in the last episode, that she walks up to him with like this weird look on her face. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to enjoy this interaction or she's right. bracing herself for something. But it's it's the look of like someone who's like, yeah, I can't describe it any better than I'm going to enjoy this interaction. <laughs> you might even say, I'm going to love it. She's just like, she can't wait. Yeah. She can't wait. She enjoys Ernest, but she also enjoys like she has a little, a little mildly like I want to say naughty, playful streak. I feel like she messes with him in a way that is healthy and uh, flirty. When she gave him the shot, yeah, in the first scene, she was definitely messing with him because he says, "Shouldn't you have more practice before you go around sticky needles?" And she said, "I have had plenty of practice. If I keep doing it, I might even get good at it." Yeah, that's that's so, a, which is a great joke. <laughs> like. When she knows he's already scared. Yeah. And then she says, this won't hurt much. Yeah. <laughs> Her delivery is very like... She's grinning. Yeah. She's happy. It's, it's like, I can't even... I'm just making faces to try to describe it. It's the it. highlight of her year. This <laughs> yeah. Moment. Uh, but one thing that did stand out to me, which I like the scene. I read some more into the scene where she's patching him up after his fight. Mm-hmm. After he gets beat up yep. by the largest man in the world. <laughs> um, Dabbing his wounds. Yeah. And he's saying, you know, had the first two, two, right two or three right, of them cornered. Yeah. Then the others jump me. <laughs> Try and impress her. And then she says, It's a brave thing you did, Ernest. Almost makes up for the dumb thing you did with Granddad. I do like how she's able to call him dumb. She didn't call him dumb. She said it was a dumb thing he did. But she's able to use the word dumb in an earnest context and not have it be horrible. Yeah. The action you took was stupid. That doesn't make you stupid. Yeah. She says, this almost makes up for the dumb thing you did. Then she says, 
I wish I would have been there. Oh, I didn't catch that. I wish I could have been there. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. And then nice. he says, uh, it wasn't a place for women. You sure. Know, his, yeah, his, his nonsense his... that she ignores. But she does say, yeah, I wish I would have been there. Which is, it struck well, out to me. that leads into the thing. Sorry, go ahead. It struck out to me because it's like, she does take it upon herself to be Ernest's like advocate and Ernest's like defender and protector in this case. She's like, man, I wasn't there. Like, it's kind of my job. It's my responsibility to protect Ernest and I, I missed it. Well, it also, it also feels, so two things about that. One is that it feels like they're like a team, you know? It's like, oh, I wish I would have been there like by your side. Like, Aww. we should like tackle these things together. But also, you pointed out another thing while we were watching these clips again, which was that any scene that she is not in, everything goes straight to hell in terms of like <laughs> yeah. the, the plot progression and how things unfold. Like, yeah, well, like when Ernest is alone with the chief and exactly. then Crater corners them, that's horrible. Yeah. She, if she had been there, that would not have happened. She leaves to go get a restraining order and smoke <laughs> bombs. <destroy> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they also knocked down about six cabins before she gets back. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Because I was kind of thinking, well, well, you do need both actions. You need her to go to court or whatever, but you also need to stop the immediate threat to the camp. Right. So you do need both, but they do knock down about six cabins. So I don't know how effective it It was probably effective enough. It's interesting to me that she says something like, Ernest, you did it like you were the only one who could have or something like that. I'm really proud of you, Ernest. You did what nobody else could have done. Yep. What is that that you were referring to specifically? <laughs> like, what was the thing that no one else could do? Get shot by bullets and the, not is, die. Is that the, is that the thing specifically? Because <laughs> she missed that. Because I almost feel like that would have been a scenario where Ernest was like, "Yeah, like he shot his gun at me, and like I didn't even get hit." No, and, like, I think he said it to her, and she. Hmm, now would she believe him? Because insane things happen <laughs> she... to Ernest. Well, there's tons he... of witnesses. That's true. That's true. Including the lawyer. All right. Yeah. Yeah. The lawyer will testify in court that Ernest was <laughs> shot and did not sustain any wounds. Uh, that's true. So. Well, there you go. Well, I think she's right. I think no one else could have done that. There's so many contraptions at play. I it, mean. It was the path of the brave. You needed heart because Ernest got them all together and had the plan going say, and everything. So I think heart plus insane genius. Yes, I don't think anyone else has that besides Argu Ernest. Arguably, Ernest is the focal point around which these other, like, sort of teams kind yeah, of, like... Yeah, they can orbit. Yeah, exactly, yes. Yeah, he's like a, a center of gravity, mm -hmm. and all these people come mm -hmm. together, and he can make they can make it happen. They can do what no one else could. Yeah, she's really proud of him. And she's, of course, the first woman... Yes. ...in the Ernest movie franchise to say that she's proud to of Ernest. To be so proud of you, Ernest. And at this point, I will treat everyone to a montage of women saying they're proud of Ernest. <laughs> I'm really proud of you, Ernest. Ernest, I can't believe this. This place is spotless. I am so proud of you. Ernest, I just came by to say how proud I am of you for finally getting that diploma. Well, who cares what he thinks anyway? I'm really proud of you for trying. If we don't make it, I just want you to know how much I... Well, how proud I am of you. I mean, that was really brave. What do you mean? Well, I mean that I'm proud of you. I am so proud of you. I'm really proud of you. I mean, that was really... Ah, uh, I did like also in that scene where she's patching him up. And they're having the, the heaviest conversation of the movie, possibly. Sure. And he's like, oh, it wasn't a place for women, blah, blah, blah. And then he calls himself Ernest the Hammer Worrell. Yeah. Ernest the Hammer Worrell, warrior of the sacred land of our fathers, or your fathers. So he's the warrior of the sacred land of her fathers? 
How romantic is that? <laughs> I mean, Erin is fanning herself. I just sorry, I got a little bit distracted because I sh- we should say you're wearing the Ernest Know What I Mean T-shirt, yeah. and it is a it's a graphic <laughs> shirt with uh, the classic Ernest head on a stick from Splash Mountain. Yeah, image. it says Know What I Mean. It does indeed. But I like that he's acknowledging that. He doesn't actually have claim to that land. Correct. It doesn't belong to him. He acknowledges that it belongs to her, but he's willing to fight for it. I thought that was very, very nice. I don't think anybody else in the movie ever says anything to that effect. It's a good balance of a nice sentiment and a good joke. Yeah. And just like a joke that, it's like one of those kind of jokes that often happens with Ernest where it's like very understated and it just kind of happens and then you catch it on like the 10th viewing. Yeah. And I did notice that's, that distance we talked about, which I think is a like professional, like we're not quite ready for something yet. Sure, but maybe yes. when he leaves in that scene and she wants to follow him. Wait, is that the, the gee, I'm glad, glad it's, it's raining, raining scene? Yeah. Yeah, because she, she does kind of linger and then he walks. He turns he back. He starts to turn back, but then he, he just leaves. He looks at her and yeah. then he just leaves. Yeah. It's very like, oh, yeah. like they're not quite ready. Sure. But there is the, the hint of something later. Yes. So. I felt very validated in my rewatch. Oh yeah, no, we were we were correct. We were correct as we often are. Edna Saint Cloud, <laughs> lady uh, for Ernest. Yep, that's all I got. Also, I wrote that Mister Tipton when they're packing up, he packs up a portrait of George Washington. <laughs> yes, you could say that. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of uh, Nurse Saint Cloud, she was uh, there was a thing called Ernest Day, wasn't there? Yes. Ernest Day. Day 2017 at Montgomery Bell State Park. We missed it. We did. Because of course we did. We live in a different state. <laughs> An entirely different state. An elevated state. Hi, <laughs> Ernest. But apparently Miss Edna St. Cloud herself was yes. in attendance. I love that you're just committing to this. <laughs> Victoria this Racimo yeah. was uh, one of the few, I guess. Yes, a guest along with, uh, we saw photos of John R. Cherry third. Yes. And uh, Shane Keister, the- uh, He did the music to- for Ernest Goes to Camp. He wrote Gee, I'm Glad It's Raining. And Brave Hearts, and I think one Brave other Hearts. song, one or two um, maybe. There's another song that Jackie Welch sings. Which is called Doing Time. Which is called Doing Time when they pick up the Second Chance Boys from the- um, The detention center, yes, whatever it is. Yes, the detention center. Yeah, you hear Jackie Welch singing this song about doing time, but it's not the Doing Time song for Ernest Goes to Correct. Camp. Because that's Bruce Arnson. Yes, and we should also take this opportunity to say we were actually incorrect about thinking that the woman who drops off the boys to Ernest was Jackie the Welch. The detention center, yeah. It is, person. in fact, a different actress. It's not Jackie Welch at all. But it, it it seems like it should be in the way that it seems like Tom Tulip should be played by Guylord Sartain. Yeah, it's in that universe. It would have been was, Jackie Welch. It was slightly different. But something yeah. happened. Yeah, something like happened. I don't know what happened, but something yeah. happened. And she is still technically in the scene. In voice. Yes, which is confusing, which is, I understand. Which further confuses things a little bit. Yep. But yeah, Ernest Day, 2017, mm-hmm. at Montgomery Bell State Park. Sounds correct to me. It's where Ernest, they shot the movie. It's where they shot Ernest yeah. Goes to Camp. Which, which is, is pretty why, cool. That's why it was at that location. And they screened Ernest Goes to Camp, and I believe they held an auction of Ernesty things. I'm yep. assuming more storyboards. Yeah, I'm sure there's a couple of copies of Keeper of the Clown. Oh, yeah. Probably and some uh, some Ernest props and whatnot. That would be cool, man. Yeah. And let's see. Based on the photos, there was uh, allegedly an Ernest lookalike contest, but we only saw one person in costume. I guess he won. Uh, ideally. They also had turtle catapulting. Which looked pretty neat because those catapults look pretty cool. They had quote unquote turtle catapulting, which is how it was listed because no actual no turtles, actual turtles were, were harmed in the making no, of this. No, there were toy turtles, but there were real catapults. Yes. They were neat looking catapults. Satisfying too. sound. It went, I was like, yeah, that's yeah. a catapult. Yep. 
Well, there was actually an article that we found in, uh, I believe, The Tennessean, yep. which is part of the USA Today Network. The article is called, Ernest Day Celebrates Film's 30th Anniversary, Yay. comma, Know what I mean? See, 30 years is a big deal. 30-year rule. That's what I'm saying, man. It was an article that came out in anticipation of Ernest Day to try to, I guess, drum up uh, uh, awareness. Um, yeah, and, 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 publicity. Yeah, Promotion. exactly. So this was this is an article from the day before Ernest Day, which so, was July 8th. Yes, okay. I guess it will remain to be seen whether next year's Ernest Day will be the same date. But this is it's a it's a neat article. It's got some good photos. It has uh, a little bit of an interview with uh, Mr. Tipton. Oh yeah, uh, Larry Black, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Larry Black. So was he there at Ernest Day? It doesn't seem like he was. It seems like they just reached out to him. They refer to him as Larry Black, who is quote known today for his role on the RFD TV series Larry's Country Diner. Is that a local thing? It seems like it must be. Um, but he talks about working, obviously, with Jim Varney and uh, says a few other things. There's a good anecdote that I will read about our beloved uh, golf cart. Okay. Yeah, that golf cart that runs through the scenes. The cart would run through scenes with nobody driving it, yep. Black recalled with wonder. We were down at the bottom of the hill at Montgomery Bell, and there was Iron Eyes Cody the Indian in the film. <laughs> he was standing out in the open, and I was standing with him. Ernest was climbing on top of a big pole. Yeah, like he Ernest was, not Jim Varney. Yeah. The cart was supposed to go by with none of them seeing it. Sure enough, they start rolling tape, and over the hill, way off in the distance, you hear people say, Look out! And here comes the golf cart over the ridge, Black said. Nobody was in control of it. The guy who was (laughs) trying to was trying to get into range so he could turn it. So it was like radio controlled and he was out of range? It seems that way, yeah. Um, (laughs) Figures. Black said the cart headed directly for them, but suddenly takes a hard right, jumps a ditch and the road, and stops at, quote, the bottom of the cliff. <laughs> Stopped it. There's a line I said in the film that every time something happens, my character says, well, at least nobody got hurt. Mm. That guy said it into the walkie-talkie and cracked everybody up, Black Aww. said. So that's pretty funny. That's cute. What else? Anything about our beloved Mr. Varney? Um, well, there is. Um, they talk about how, I guess, all of the extras in that movie, at least kid-wise, were from a Boy Scout troop. Sure. And um, they talked to uh, Jody Barrett. They talked to Jody Barrett. I remember yes. these names. Yep, of Dixon, who was among those local Boy Scouts, according to this article. And he says, I remember going down to the old Holiday Inn and hanging out with Lyle Alzado. That was the person who played the, the giant man. The largest man in the world. Yes. Yeah. Uh, at the swimming pool. He was there for however long his shoot was, for at least a couple of weeks, just hanging out in Dixon, Tennessee at a Holiday Inn. Aw, kids hanging out with a giant man. Barrett also recalls hanging out with the man himself, Jim Varney. There oh were maybe boy. six. Or... I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> there were maybe six or ten of us. The actors were having a break. Barrett said, "Varney had a sling, of course, using it to shoot rocks. Of course, <laughs> he let the Dixon boys all have a try shooting the rocks. He had his Ernest costume on." Said Barrett about the pop culture iconic jean vest and tan ball cap. Iconic. But he was a normal guy. He was a cool dude. Barrett added. Real nice guy. Aw, that's very sweet. Contradicting every other anecdote we've ever heard about Jim Varney. People usually say he's kind of a curmudgeon, can't deal with him. And he was doing something totally normal. Never holds court anywhere. Never plays with weapons. Right, never has like random objects that I assume he pulls out of the vest. But so that's cool. That's great. Yeah. Seemed like a fun day. A small event. Yep, yep. But I'm hoping that Ernest Day will get bigger and bigger and bigger, and then we'll just turn into Ernest Khan. Oh, yeah. We talked about Ernest Khan a while ago, I think. Did we ever talk about Ernest Khan? We did, Which is yes. not a thing that exists. No, it's, it's just not. in our imagination. I forget what we called it, though. Did we call it Ernest Khan? Ernest Khan, probably. Or like, know what I mean, Khan? Something like that? 
Yeah. That would be the imaginary convent, the convention that in the future happens when an, enough earnest fans but come together in great numbers. But since it's Ernest Con, it would have to be like, you know, the, the fan favorite convection or something like he would say it wrong or whatever. Convection. Yeah. Yeah. He would call it a convection. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, that was Ernest Day 2017. Mm-hmm. Hope to many more. The first annual. Maybe we can have regional tie-in events. Ernest NY. There you go. Mm. Ernest goes to New York. Oh, why didn't that happen? Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's lift our spirits. (laughs) Uh, We have a a letter we received from a listener. Oh, yeah. So this is is the love extra. Correct. One of our listeners sent us a wonderful love story, actually, Ernest-related. Would you like to read this? I would love to. Thanks to one of our listeners for sending us this story. And just so you know, the names in the story have been changed to protect the innocent. Protect the innocent. (laughs) (laughs) So, names changed. Here we go. This is wonderful. Okay, get ready. Building suspense. Okay. The fall of 1991 was an exciting time. I was eight years old and firmly entrenched in the second grade, having been held back in kindergarten for unrelated reasons. I mean, how could that possibly have led me toward an affinity for Ernest movies? Mm. Mm hmm. I know what you mean. Fall has always been my favorite season, being a great fan of the cool weather, changing leaves, and cranberry sauce while you get the idea. Likewise, I was also quite mad for Halloween, and this fall marked another momentous occasion, my first movie date. Mm. Now this was not my first foray into romance. In kindergarten, I regularly sent a trove of love letters to a girl named Nelda. (laughs) Finger quotes. Oh my. A trove of love letters. (laughs) He wanted me to be his love slave. (laughs) Unfortunately, the post office, like me, had no idea where to physically send these letters with hand-drawn stamps, so she never got to read my world-weary prose. Mm. I do not think it would be unfair to categorize my early life as precocious, but it should be obvious by certain details, both subtle and glaring, that I was often, as you say, about 90% of the way to whatever I was trying to achieve or communicate. Solid. (laughs) Well done. Now, before I repeat that behavior, let us return to the cinema. For our first official date, I'd ask the principal's daughter, Bunny, (laughs) (laughs) to accompany me to a screening of the much maligned but delightful feature, Ernest Scared Stupid. All right. Maligned by people with no taste. It's a great date movie. Oh, yeah. It was thrilling and hilarious, and the thought of it makes me want to popcorn and Reese's Pieces to this day, which is quite surprising. It is not surprising because of the obscene amount of snot dripping from Trantor's dual proboscis, nor is it surprising because of the liquefying milk baths. It is most surprising that I should have any positive sensory memory due to Bunny's reaction. Somewhere amid all the fun, something went sour for Bunny. Perhaps it was the dissolving trolls. Perhaps her constitution was ill-prepared for both the high volume of unhealthy treats and uncontrollable laughter she must have experienced. Perhaps it was simple lactose intolerance. Truthfully, I do not know what went wrong for her. I do know that our date ended in her vomiting profusely all over the floor of the theater. Oh, oh, yikes. (laughs) He wrote ew, okay. Yeah. Maybe it was something I did. All I can say, borrowing from Ernest... I'm sorry. I'll try to do better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Thank you for sharing the podcast. I felt that you might be a thoughtful custodian of this earnest tale, and I hope it finds you well. Know what I mean. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Oh, that's so sad, but wonderful. I'm sure that's a positive memory for her now. (laughs) (laughs) Based on what? It's earnest? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's your first date. Sure. Nothing really bad happened. When was that second grade? Everywhere. Um, let's see. Eight years old. So yeah, second grade. I did not go on any dates 
in second grade. This guy had game. Apparently. I didn't go on any dates either in second grade. I have never vomited profusely on a date, so I guess I can't say with certainty that it is a positive memory now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of things change. Yeah. No, (laughs) vomiting doesn't tend to leave you with the fondest of of memories. Maybe it was the... Maybe it was the unhealthy treats. I could see that being the case. When you're when you're a, a child, you have less of a awareness, uh, let's say, of how your body can that I remember definitely take happening in specific to me. things. Sure. That's what happens when when you're old enough to make childish decisions. Sure. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much for that letter. That was beautiful. That was a perfect cap to our love discussion. Absolutely. Earnest and love. I unintentionally said that just like uh, Absolutely. You know, Dr. What's his face? You know, somebody asked us once. On the Facebook page, it was probably Josh Mindtree. The not very vocal fan, Josh Mindtree. <laughs> Forgive me if that's not you that asked us if there's any things from Ernest movies that we say, any sayings that we brought into everyday life. <laughs> right. And I find myself that's saying definitely that one absolutely of the... the way Abner Mellon says it and Ernest Rides again all the time. Well, you know what it is? It's it's the way that it is in the context of that movie is given as a reply <laughs> to a very absurd sentence. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would mean that the crown jewels residing in the Tower of London are fakes. And the real jewels are hidden inside a cannon somewhere in Virginia. Absolutely. So I think we both use it that way. Where we it's both like, use it in response to absurd things. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we both do the uh, Hey Vern end theme as a, uh, a rim ba, shot. Ba, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instead of a rim shot, we do that. I feel like there's something else. I definitely... Oh, you do this finger snap? snap. My f- I do this finger snap. I do it when I figure something out or when something's gone horribly wrong. Oh, I know something that I started. I definitely do that. And I think it's because of Ernest because I wasn't doing that before. But now I find myself doing it all the time in public and I look like someone from the 1950s that's disappointed. <laughs> For the listeners, Erin does not look anything like someone from the 1950s. I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a future girl. Somebody said I look like a future girl. That is more accurate. You, yeah. Yeah. You've, you've got like a, I don't know how to describe it better than that. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, I was going to say the other thing that I always say now because of Ernest is I'll list off a bunch of stuff and then I'll say that kind of a thing oh. at the end, which I started unintentionally yes, I've subconsciously heard you do doing. That. And then I was like, oh, I do that. That kind of thing? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Go out for a pizza after the big game. Talk about super plays. Talk stats and belch out loud, that kind of thing. You definitely so do that. That's that's fine. So I finger snap, you do that kind of thing. Yeah. We both say absolutely. Yeah. I find myself doing Walter Brennan impressions a lot more often. You know what I've been saying lately, actually? What's that? When um animating. I keep like finding bumps in my animation and like being like, man, what's going on? And I find what the issue is and I go, But there's your problem right there. <laughs> Uh, that's a good one so I've been saying that a lot in the past few weeks I've been saying it Um, it's just sort of happened I think it's easier for the the less catchphrasey stuff to kind of creep into our general vernacular Mm. I I don't think any either of us say like know what I mean on the regular but like the stuff where it might as well be part of regular speech I think that stuff kind of like seeps in and gets yeah. lodged in oh, our that psyches. absolutely just lodged itself into yeah, our it's, brain. Cause it, it's so <laughs> that that character is so bizarre and like I think the way he delivers absolutely. that line is just really fun. <laughs> He's unfazed it's, by it. He's yeah. like, duh, yeah. It's like, yeah, that's that's correct. <laughs> yeah. We could say so much about these films. We have. This franchise. We, two years. We, I'm, I'm, we could say so much more. Sure. I mean. Sure. Well, we are going to. We sure. Yes. We sure are. So Next episode, yes, will be your baby. That's right. That's Ernest right. Ernest analog. I've, I've got an outline, and I'm ready to get this ball rolling. We've got a few things that we're going to watch uh, directly after we. I was almost going to say hang up from this podcast. <laughs> yeah, 
And we're, to we're reiterate, sitting across from each other. analogs is other fictional characters or perhaps not fictional. Sure. So to describe the concept, in the past on this podcast, we've talked about characters who are similar to Ernest or whose stories are similar to Ernest or whose, yep. whose actors or actresses are similar to Ernest and Jim Varney's relationship. And basically, in an effort to not derail entire episodes by comparing Ernest to another character, correct? we've decided to put them all into their own episode. And have, have a little bit of a discussion about each of them. So that's what we'll be getting into next time. Yes. I'm excited. I have yeah, me too. Someone in mind, just the one. Yeah, this suspense. is suspense. This, this is, is suspense part. This is more of my baby because it is something that I thought a lot about. Just because I like comparing and contrasting. I think that film will stuff. tell us a lot more about Ernest and comparing him to other characters. Seemingly. Sure, and I, I think uh, examining one's contemporaries can illuminate That's things right. that would otherwise go unnoticed. So. I agree. Yeah. So thank you all for listening and thanks to everybody who's been sending us messages wondering where we were. We've got a backlog of emails. We're going to respond to you. Don't worry. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for continuing to share this podcast with your friends. We find that people are still discovering it and it's really great to hear that somebody like listened to it and enjoyed it. And even if we've been gone for a period. Yeah. Yeah. So please keep doing that. Thank you so much. Till next time. Take care, listeners. Viva LaVarney. Varney.